This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The winter travel season is heating up, and Canadians, oh boy, they are enjoying their traveling. According to data from 17 large airports across the country, passenger counts increased by 82% this year compared to 2019. 82%. Massive, massive number. And of course, the holidays are around the corner, which means even more folks are going to be hopping on big silver birds or big silver bullets of trains or planes or automobiles to get around. So what should you be keeping in mind when preparing for your next journey? Sassy Wyatt has some tips to share. Sassy runs a blog called Blind Girl Adventures. Hey, good morning, Sassy. Nice to chat with you today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I, I want to start with your blog itself. What inspired you to launch a blog dedicated to accessible travel? Well, as a person that loves to travel, and I have a great passion for helping to change the landscape of accessibility as a whole, I realized there was there was a niche. People who are disabled love to travel. And as someone that is blind and has been for over 10 years now, as well as a wheelchair user in my youth, I thought, well, why not see where this can go? And thankfully, it's become not just a business, but something that can help other people. And that's what I care about most. Really cool when you can mix uh, passion and pragmatism together like that and uh, give something people tangible to take away. So let's do some of those tangibilities. Let's talk about some of these tips. The first one you want to offer up is learning basic phrases yes i feel that if you are going to travel to any part of the world and they don't speak your language the very least you can do is to learn the basics of theirs and that isn't just because it's a nice thing to do but from a cultural perspective you're not going to always interact with someone that understands the complexity of your disability if you're blind you need to know how to say i am blind in a different language you need to say um, I need help to the restroom or you need to say, uh, can I pay on card? Because maybe they only pay by check or only pay by cash. And if you don't know the currency in that that part of the world or you don't know the check system, then you're going to have to have ways to get around that. And so learning the basic phrases to express your access needs is my top tip. Yeah, I can say that would be a huge orientation and mobility boost if you can actually communicate a little bit, even even in just the most basic level, to sort of let people know, here are my needs, here's what here's what you can do, and, you know, maybe even uh, make a friend or two along the way as well. It's nice and, once again, super pragmatic. What about a tip in regards to uh, being mindful of battery power and devices? Yes, so that's a big one. I'm sure many people who travel will use their devices and as a blind person who uses their device not only for navigational purposes but entertainment etc the battery runs very low very quickly especially if you use voiceover (laughs) as I do and so taking a battery pack with you is just a necessity for me it means that I feel safe whenever I'm traveling because you just don't know you you don't know where you're going to be at any point but having a full battery pack means that you can charge it 
on the go and you can access the internet or you can access calling someone for help or just communicating in that language if you have the language barrier. Yeah, having power in the modern age uh, makes a big difference and you can't always count on there being a plug available or finding a plug. Nice to control your own destiny a little bit. Sassy, sassy. anybody who's ever traveled with me has accused me of overpacking, but I get the impression that maybe overpacking might not be the worst habit in the world in your mind. No, I actually believe in overpacking. I think it's better to be overprepared than underprepared. And you just never know if you're at an airport or at a bus stop and, you know, the, the, the country maybe has a flood or you get stranded in an airport or things break down. You need to overprepare rather than underprepare. And as a disabled person as well, I think we're so used to thinking outside of the box all of the time then it's a smart idea to have just a little bit of extra of everything mm. just in case. <laughs> uh, don't, 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 don't tell me this sassy. This, this could, this could go in the wrong direction. <laughs> My suitcase might get a little too full at the right thing at the right things are going. Okay. There, there's sort of a related tip here though. Let's say somebody does want to pack more or follows your advice and chooses to pack more. What are some approaches or strategies that maybe not uh, that may not lead to the bag overly bursting with things? So one of my favorite tips is to use uh, travel packing cubes, and that is because you can organize everything together, but they are very, very good at compress compressing. So I love to put all my decals in one, all my you know outfits in another, my night outfits, and it keeps everything compact. So as a blind person, you can access it super easy. But for someone like myself, I take a lot of medication. And so I put them in tiny, tiny little tubs. And I'm almost decanting everything to make it smaller. So I take more, but it looks less because I, I condense everything as much as I can. I've never used these packing cubes. I've seen them pop up a little bit on social media on some uh, travel sites. How about, like how tight does it get in these cubes? Like how compressed does your stuff get in these little in these little compartments? Well, the the bigger the bag, the the more it can condense. But uh, so, for example, you think of an average average Joe and packing clothes for maybe a week. You can be able to condense all of that, and it will feel very heavy to carry. But you can condense that very easily, and it squishes to almost half of the size. No way. No way. Yes. Okay. What? Okay. What about the flip side, though? What, ha <laughs> what happens when I dirty the clothes and now they become laundry? Well, yeah, that's so I tend to do uh, two things. I take an extra packing cube to chuck in all the laundry or I take in one bag that I chuck everything in and just lay it as flat as possible. So oh, then it, okay. it just creates a tiny little uh, tiny little wall rather than a mountain of, of clothes. Okay, let's see. This, this, you got to be practical with these things. You've got to be thinking about all the angles. Uh, Sassy, your last tip, I feel, relates a little bit to your first tip. Um, how do you manage actually asking for help as you're navigating a new space, either an airport, city, hotel, et cetera? Yeah, I think that it all comes down to confidence and I know not everyone is born with confidence. It's a skill you should learn. And what I say is never be afraid to ask because the worst is that somebody could walk past you because they didn't hear you or they could say no because they don't have the time. However, there are things like the airport assistant. So I will always ahead of time book my assistant. So I know when I turn up at the airport, I'm going to have a member of staff that knows that airport is going to take me all the way through through to security, through the terminals, get me on my plane, 
get me sat down and then somebody will get me off at the other end. So it takes away a lot of the mental fatigue and stress that I may think or feel or encounter. Mm. But when I'm in that country, it's actually how I've made some friends and it's how I've also managed to meet locals. So even though I may not speak their language or they do not know how to assist me by just asking for help, I get to meet and see the beauty of humanity every day. Oh, I love that. Sassy, I'm putting you on the spot on the way out the door here. Looking back at this year, 2023, what was your favorite place to visit? Oh, okay. So my favorite place to visit was actually Rotterdam. We went to Rotterdam and we went to uh, a really nice place called the Hocken Gardens. And it was just a really tactile, beautiful experience. They cared about accessibility. But I think there isn't one place that does it best in the world because everybody's accessibility needs are different. So oh, just yeah. just take that leap of take that leap of faith and see see what the world where the world takes you. I I like that you say Rotterdam. That's actually on my list of places that I want to get to in the next couple of years. So you've only reinforced that one. That's good. Okay. What about looking forward twenty twenty four? What's on your bucket list? Oh, on the bucket list. So next year I I'm actually hoping to come to Canada. Canada oh, cool. has always been on my, yeah, been on the bucket list of my husband and I for a very long time. It's it's a big birthday for him next year, so possibly there. And then we're going to visit the Northern Lights as well at the end of the year. No. So I'm very excited. Wait, where are you going to see the Northern Lights? We are going to Iceland. Oh, unbelievable. Are you going to get one of those like ice igloos or, uh, or one of these like special resorts? Well, we're actually going to take a cruise because, one, it's one of the most accessible ways, and, two, it means that I can bring my guide dog and have that extra level of independence oh, and confidence when I travel. Wonderful. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited indeed. Well, Sassy, when you do that, uh, please uh, drop us a line because I would love to talk about the Northern Lights experience because that's one of my travel bucket list items too. So uh, you and I are sharing a brain this morning, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been incredible. And I hope hope you managed to get to Rotterdam and see the Northern Lights yourself. Uh, you know what? Let's. Uh, I'm going to start making plans today. We'll start making some plans today. <laughs> That's Sassy Wyatt. Sassy runs the blog Blind Girl Adventures. You can follow that at blindgirladventures.com, blindgirladventures.com, or follow along with Sassy on Instagram at sassywyattofficial, at sassywyattofficial. Coming up after the break. Going back into the world of federal politics, a bill for a national basic income program is being considered by the Senate. Journalist Megan Gilmore will share her thoughts. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.